Today, we wanted to bring you a bonus for Whistleblower listeners, a clip from another podcast we think you'll like, The Goat, Tom Brady. If you think you already know everything there is to know about Tom Brady, you should listen to The Goat. Veteran sports journalist Gary Myers weaves together exclusive interviews with Brady, Robert Kraft, Drew Bloodsoe, Peyton Manning, and a bunch of others that you won't hear anywhere else and pulls back the curtain on Brady's career in a way that's fascinating and revealing. Listen to a clip from episode 5 of The Goat, Tom Brady, and then subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you're listening to Whistleblower. Diversion Podcasts. From Diversion Podcasts, in association with iHeartRadio, I'm Gary Myers, and this is The Goat, Tom Brady, episode 5. Saving Coach Belichick. Tom Brady saved Bill Belichick's job. Belichick's seat was hotter than a scorching summer day on his boat docked by his vacation home in beautiful Nantucket. The bluebirds in New England were circling it, ready to swoop down. The fire Belichick chant would surely be next. It was September 30th, 2001. Tom Brady was warming up at Foxborough Stadium before the New England Patriots played the Indianapolis Colts in the third game of the season. Belichick was 5-11 in his first year with the Patriots, who was off to an 0-2 start in his second season, and veteran quarterback Drew Bledsoe's life, not just his football career, was in jeopardy after he suffered a concussion and a sheared blood vessel in his chest on a vicious but clean hit by Jets linebacker Mo Lewis late in the fourth quarter one week earlier. Bledsoe nearly died in the ambulance on the way to Massachusetts General Hospital. Bledsoe was a star. He guided the Patriots to the Super Bowl five years earlier and was considered the next Dan Marino when he led the NFL in passing yards in just his second season in 1994. He was second team All-Pro in the Super Bowl year and had made the Pro Bowl four times. But now it was all on Brady in the first start of his NFL career. Belichick turned to a kid who had been passed over 198 times in the draft one year earlier, and now he was counting on him to not only save the season, but yes, to literally save his coaching career. From the day the Patriots drafted Brady as the sixth-round afterthought in 2000, he was convinced he was going to take Bledsoe's job sooner rather than later. Brady liked Bledsoe very much, and was more or less adopted by Bledsoe and his wife his rookie year. He didn't want to see his friend injured. No player wants to become a starter that way. They want to earn it. But this was his job now, and he never intended to give it back. As Brady's receivers were running routes for him during the pregame warm-ups of his first start, the Colts' fourth-year quarterback wearing number 18 approached with his right hand extended. That was the first time I ever met him. He was on the field before the game, and you know, I went out there. I was warming up, and he came over, and he said, Hey, Tom, Peyton. And I remember thinking, like, we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> but it was a very polite thing for him to do, especially being on our field. Right. For him to come over, I mean, that really kind of speaks to, you know, his character. And I thought Tom's reaction was hilarious. It was the first of 17 Brady versus Manning matchups. And considering I wrote an entire book about how they competed against each other, you're going to hear a lot more later on 
about the greatest rivalry in NFL history. But this story about the first time they met was just too funny to hold it any longer. We know how the 2001 season ends. Brady led a last-minute drive that resulted in Adam Venetieri's 48-yard field goal on the final play of Super Bowl 36, and the Patriots shocked the heavily favored Rams 20-17. Belichick made the gutsy move to stick with Brady when Bledsoe was cleared to play in mid-November. Belichick misled Bledsoe by making it seem as if it promised him at least an opportunity to compete to win his job back. He never did. Bledsoe was in his ninth season with the Patriots and had a lot of support from veterans in the locker room. As a result, there was drama in Foxborough. If Brady failed, Belichick could have lost the team, and Len lost his job and likely would never have received a third chance to be a head coach. Failed in Cleveland. Failed in New England. Not good for the resume. There's an unwritten rule in sports that players don't lose their jobs because of injury. Remember, I said it was unwritten. If there was no flexibility, it would have been in some old Vince Lombardi video preserved by NFL Films. I checked. Couldn't find it. Brady was 5-2 and two as the Patriots starter when Bledsoe returned to practice before a home game in November against the Rams. Belichick split reps that week, but Brady was the clear choice to start against St. Louis. Bledsoe was injured on September 23rd. This was November 18th. He needed more practice time to shake off the rust. Brady started against the Rams and did not play well, and the Patriots lost by a touchdown, and their record dropped to 5-5. Five and five. Belichick decided from that point forward, Brady was his starter. He needed all the first-team reps to properly prepare, and Bledsoe was a $103 million backup. Bledsoe was incensed. Brady has always said how supportive Bledsoe was after Belichick made his decision. But one of my Patriots sources told me, and I'm quoting here, Drew was so disruptive, he thought, this is my time. I can't wait to get back to run my team. But it was Brady's team. It was Brady's time. You can't blame Bledsoe for being angry. He knew his time in New England now had an expiration date. And you can't blame Belichick for sticking with Brady considering the Patriots went on to win their last six regular season games, beat the Raiders in the tuck rule game in the divisional rounds of the playoffs, the Steelers in the AFC Championship game, with a great relief job by Bledsoe after Brady suffered an ankle injury in the first half, and then Brady pulled out the Super Bowl with the last-minute drive. Brady was 11-3 in the regular season and 3-0 in the playoffs. Added up, 14-3, a Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl MVP, and one head coach's job saved. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked over the years, Brady or Belichick, who is most responsible for the Patriots' success? You can argue it either way, but here's one thing that can't be argued. When the Patriots won three Super Bowls in Brady's first four years as the starter, Brady and Belichick needed each other. Here's what Brady told me about his relationship with his coach. He knows me, you know, as well as anybody. You know, I know what he expects of me. You know, we don't probably talk as much as people may think, or he kind of lets trust me to do my job and lets me do my job. You know, there's times where I get to you know, express certain things to him, and I think he has a lot of trust in the things that I say and confidence in the things that I say. 
but um, he's a great coach. How he prepares our team every week is phenomenal. He's always got his foot on the gas pedal. He never takes it off, and I think there's a real consistency about the way that he coaches that gives the players a lot of comfort that the process is the right way because it's not like he's up after a win and down after a loss or he'll always come in and say all right these are things we didn't do well these are things we got to do better this is how we're going to improve as a team these are the things that we need to do to win this game college coaches get so fired up yelling and screaming before a game the players are ready to run through a locker room wall for them that doesn't work in the nfl it's more about preparation and by Monday morning, forgetting about the result of the day before and moving on. Belichick has often shown movie clips at the Saturday night team meetings to inspire and motivate. But pregame rah-rah speeches, not his thing. Here's Brady. You know, it's not what it's about. Pro football is about execution. Pro football is about having guys that are committed to the team being the ultimate professional, to do whatever it takes you know, to help the team win. It's not a rah-rah speech at halftime. It's not a scheme. It's, that stuff comes and goes. But I think why he's been able to endure is because he, he has the respect of all the older players because you believe that what he's telling you and teaching you is the right way to do it. We'll be right back with more of The GOAT, Tom Brady, in just a moment. <laughs> 